0: From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With
1: the WIA National News Service for week commencing October 11, I'm Graham VK4BB. University of Melbourne, past and future satellites. Australis Oscar 5, built by University of Melbourne Student Engineers, was launched in January 1970, a project that began 50 years ago and has not been repeated since by any other Australian university. That is set to change, but more about it later. Oscar 5 was put into low Earth orbit, sending telemetry on 2 metres and 10 metres, and received in 27 countries. Congratulating the students at the time from the Wireless Institute of Australia was Michael Owen, VK3KI, now Silent Key. Michael noted how the students used passive magnetic attitude stabilisation to achieve a favourable antenna footprint on Earth. Now we hear about the recently formed University of Melbourne Space Programme. It's developing Australia's second student-built satellite of the CubeSat design. The use of new satellite technology is delivering enormous benefits, and in another case it is being blamed for leading a car into the path of a train. A hapless motorist, following GPS, ended up stuck on train tracks at Coburg in suburban Melbourne, only to see his vehicle hit by a train. The Bureau of Meteorology is now able to use high-definition colour pictures every 10 minutes, including the movement of bushfires and cyclones using satellite technology and broadband will be available to rural and remote areas next year with the launch of the new national broadband network Sky Muster Satellite. Cooperation and teamwork. This hot on the heels of our teaser at the start of last week's WIA national news. Here's Peter, VK3PF in Churchill,
2: Victoria. Two weeks ago, I was out in the hills aiming to activate several SOTA summits. On the day in question, it happened that Tony, VK3CAT, was activating a similar combination of summits. The road was in reasonable condition, especially compared to an earlier section of the road. I hit yet another pothole, but heard a pop in addition to the usual thump of the wheel hitting the edge of the pothole. Things then happened quickly. The engine sound changed and then became louder. The oil warning light came on and I noticed smoke behind the car. I was slowing down and looking for a spot to pull over without blocking the road. Then the engine cut out. All of this inside a couple of minutes at most. Once stopped, I pulled on the handbrake and jumped out to attempt to assess the situation. I saw fire under the engine. I grabbed the microphone to the VHF UHF dual banner and called Tony, advising that I had issues. I then started emptying my belongings from the vehicle. By the time Tony arrived, I had as much out of the car as possible, with the cabin now filled with black acrid smoke. Tony deployed his fire extinguisher with little effect. The fire had grown rapidly. No one was injured, so all one could do was be thankful and watch from a safe distance as the fire engulfed the whole vehicle. With no mobile coverage, Tony called from his car on 7.090 megahertz for assistance. The only person willing to help at this stage was another amateur out activating a park, but with good mobile coverage. Thus began the teamwork of communicating our location to the emergency services. After about 40 minutes, a home-based amateur called in to assist. Phone numbers were exchanged and instructions given to pass on the home-based amateur's number to the emergency services if they called back. Together we pinpointed our location more accurately, which was passed to the emergency services. Between us, Tony and I kept a listening watch on the frequency. Answering some later calls con- to confirm details, the CFA truck finally arrived almost two hours after the incident began. Tony had already packed all of my salvage gear into his car. Eventually, we set off together towards civilization and our respective homes. But we completed a quick SOTA activation of Mount Useful on our way. Many thanks to all involved, especially Tony, but also John and Colin and to the amateurs who assisted in keeping the frequency clear and maintaining a listening watch. You can read a more detailed account on my blog. Just search for VK3 and you should find it. i am met VK3 pf in Churchill, Victoria.
1: Staying in VK3, calling CQ Fun Flight. An opportunity exists to promote your radio club and amateur radio through the National Fun Flight Day to be held Sunday, November 8th. Fun Flight is volunteer run and established to provide children touched by adversity with joy and inspiration through the exhilaration of flight. Flying clubs and pilots nationwide donate their facilities and flight time to help provide a memorable day for thousands of children. Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club will once again be setting up an amateur radio station at the Bendigo Flying Club to provide an extra activity for the children whilst they wait for their flights. The Fun Flight organisers are supportive of the concept, so perhaps your club may be interested in contacting your local flying club to see if they're interested in an amateur radio station on Fun Flight Day. Radio clubs participating on the day will be liaising on 40 metres, providing a link for the children to talk with each other and share their experiences. This will be an exciting event, and Barek look forward to connecting with other flying clubs via amateur radio, as they call CQ Fun Flight, Sunday, November 8th.
3: Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in the Northern Territory. And you can be heard on repeaters 146900, 146950, or and of frequencies 14.337. One, zero decimal one, three seven. Seven decimal one nine three three 3.555, five five. and I am Carl, with an K Carlson Victor, Kilo 8, Charlie for Whiskey.
1: WIA Board Talk and the Wireless Institute of Australia has submitted a paper on its main activities to the IARU Region 3 Conference, held from Monday tomorrow, October 12th through until the 16th in Bali, Indonesia. The WIA conference delegate is Peter Young, VK3MV, with Phil Waite, VK2ASD, The Observer. Both are funded through member subscriptions for international representation that includes this regional conference held every three years. The WIA in its paper talks about major challenges faced that include future spectrum management arrangements proposed by a Department of Communications review. The WIA delivers some administrative functions on behalf of the ACMA in the assessment and licensing area and is ready for further roles that may arise. On the issue of growth, the WIA is asking other IARU member societies to comment on the factors behind the situation of smaller but steady declines in membership. Very recently, maker groups have started to form in high schools and in all cases the catalyst appears to be a teacher who has a personal interest in technology, particularly hobbyist electronics. Again, the WIA believes this creates a future opportunity if it can be coupled with licence and regulation reform. The WIA also has a representative at the World Radio Communication Conference in Geneva in November and that will consider a possible new secondary allocation around 5,300 kHz while sharing its sort between 77.5 and 78 gigs with short-range vehicle radar systems. Prospective radio amateurs and those looking at their call sign choices are now able to do that online again at the public list of available call signs on the WIA website. This follows the resolution of teething problems with ACMA's new Spectra licensing system.
0: From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au.
4: This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with a rare silent key announcement. It is with a heavy heart that I regret to inform listeners of the passing of Wally Watkins, VK4 Delta Oscar, late of Townsville. Wally stamped his name on many fields of amateur radio endeavour across some five decades. First as VK5ZWW, he established himself as one of the stalwarts of six metres. With a 10 element yagi and, quote, adequate power, unquote, Wally ran single sideband on six metres, in that era when AM still held sway. Such was his signal the band didn't need to open for you to hear him in Sydney or Brisbane. VK5ZWW would be heard via honest scatter alone. Wally became one of the mainstays on six metre meteor scatter skids during the 1970s. He gently badgered all and sundry to give it a go, myself included and he worked his fair share of long-haul DX on 6 metres over the years too. When Wally moved to Orange in New South Wales in the late 1970s, he upgraded to VK2 Delta Echo Whiskey and added Chasing DX on the HF bands, focusing particularly on 40 metres and 10 metres, pursuing both CW and voice contacts. No matter what interest Wally took up, he pursued it to the hilt, leaving no detail undiscovered or unexamined. So it was when he took up amateur radio contesting in the 1970s. Wally became WIA Federal Contest Manager and wrote the contest column for Amateur Radio magazine over 1980 and 81. In the sport of amateur radio direction finding, a combination of fox hunting and orienteering, Wally gained global notoriety. He developed simple, practical kits for AI receivers and many enthusiasts built them. He applied himself to promoting ARDF in Australia and in the Asian countries of Region 3, becoming a widely recognised mainstay competitor in events in the region, particularly the People's Republic of China. Along the way, Wally became a Sinophile, a person having an interest in and love for Chinese culture and its people. In characteristic fashion, Wally and his wife Dorothy travelled often to and around China. Naturally, Wally became fluent in Mandarin and quite knowledgeable about Chinese history, politics and society, and amateur radio in China. He produced VHS videos of his China travels and gave talks in amateur radio clubs over the 1980s and 90s. Hence, he was a valuable delegate on the WIA team that attended the IARU Region 3 conference in Beijing in 1997. Naturally, he was our ARDF specialist. Wally was involved in WIA affairs from his time in VK5. In New South Wales, he took up the role of alternate federal councillor for the New South Wales Division for a period, as well as joining YSEN. Later, having moved to VK4, and changing call sign to VK4DO, he organised the 10th Region ARDF Championships in Townsville, attracting participants from some far-flung corners of the world. Wally was a consummate and engaging presenter, giving many talks on his favourite pursuits at amateur radio clubs across the years. Regrettably, it's not possible here to adequately cover all that Wally pursued and achieved in amateur radio, let alone his life apart from it. He was a warm, engaging person with an unfailing interest in the lives and ideas of others and who would not hesitate to help out someone who needed a hand in whatever way was within his abilities. He could be truly described as a renaissance man, a rare being. Valet Wally Watkins, became 4 do From the WIA,
0: this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1
5: WIA. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. IARU Interim Meeting Consultation. In preparation for the 2016 Region 1 Interim Meeting, the RSGB has reopened its IARU forum so that UK amateurs can suggest topics on matters such as operating or technical recommendations, band plans, contests and EMC. The initial phase is an open call and will be followed by further opportunities as UK papers are developed or subsequently when all meeting papers are available. There are separate discussion forums covering HF, VHF Microwave and EMC Matters. IOTA Database Hacked At 0448 UTC on the 27th of September, an automatic bot gained access to the IOTA website database and was able to exploit a bug in the IOTA code in order to reset the password for every user on the site. There is no sign in the system logs that any data was read or that personal data was compromised. Once the IT team were aware of the issue, they immediately took the database offline for analysis and corrected the bug. User passwords are stored in a hashed format in the database, not in plain text. In accordance with best practice, however, the team would like to encourage all the users of the IOTA website to change their passwords. Additionally, if you've used your IOTA password on other websites, you should change the passwords on those sites also. The man who could be called the father of single sideband on amateur rodeo is a silent key. Wes Shum, Whiskey Nine, Delta Yankee, Victor, passed away last month at the age of 94. Wes Shum founded Central Electronics, CE, in 1949. The first product that CE manufactured was a hearing aid device. But radio was what Wes envisioned for CE. He had a budding interest in single sideband during World War II. He and colleague Joe Batchelor began development of amateur SSB transmitters for use on 75 metres. The Central Electronics 10A Exciter, the company's first amateur product, is credited for being Amateur Radio's first practical SSB transmitter. Where's Shum, Whiskey 9, Delta Yankee, Victor? The next time you call CQ on single sideband, send up a little thank you in memory of this unsung Amateur Radio pioneer. So you think you've had a bad day. As radio amateurs, many of us all understand all too well the challenges of putting up and maintaining a tower. But as our good friends at the Amateur Radio Newsline tell us, Some listeners at a professional ephemera in Oklahoma, USA, got a rude reception on September 23 when a tower of a radio station, KGUY, took a tumble. Not on its own, thankfully, but at the hands of a tower crew which took the broadcaster's tower down without first notifying the station it had arrived to do the work. Dale Bolton, the public radio station's director of programming and operations, said a crew had been hired because the 418-foot tower had been standing at an odd angle and was in need of repairs for safety reasons. But Bolton adds the timing came as a total surprise, he said. It would have been nice if we were able to give our listeners some notice. Instead, the tower came down, crashing into the satellite dish and brushing the station building before landing in an open field right in the middle of a classical music program. It knocked the station off the air, sending anxious listeners to the phones. Perhaps, though, the listeners should not have been so shocked. According to an online account from Wireless Estimator, music fans might have been tipped off by the playlist, saying the tower's dismantling was, quote, perhaps timed perfectly by the tower techs for it to pancake upon the earth at the end of Siegfried's funeral march blasting from their crew cab. This time it's monkey business that stops a radio broadcast. A pack of baboons raided a radio station transmission tower recently chewing through cabling putting the station off the air. The new Yar FM station at Vishavne, a mining town 385 kilometres south of the capital Harare, was amid its breakfast program when five monkeys began to eat fibre optic cables. The gang had to be frightened off, but not before disabling the station for an hour, costing more than $1,000. As the baboons are likely to attack again, measures are being taken to protect the radio tower. Later in the VK1WIA national news, will move from monkeys to pigs in space. Stay tuned. A guy who may have felt a kinship with these pigs in space is one Mark Meltzer, Alpha Foxtrot 6 India Mike, last month AF6IM, was in freefall 13,500 feet above California after launching himself from a King Air 90. He then activated two important pieces of equipment. He deployed a 210-square-foot rectangular ram air canopy and turned on his chest-mounted Yasu FT-817, and probably in that order of priority. With the help of a trailing wire fed dipole antenna, Mark began calling on 10 metres. He made a total of 12 contacts while en route back to Earth but not before switching to two metres on FM and grabbing a few more QSOs en route to the drop zone. In Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW.
0: From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au.
3: Operational news on Felix, vk 4 fuq Dateline 2015-2016. Oceania Days Contest, CW, this weekend, October 10, 11. WIA Spring, VHF, UHF Field Day, the weekend of the 14th and 15th of November. 2016, Harry Angel, 80m Sprint, WIA. Provisional Day, Saturday, 7th of May. 10-10 International Summer Contest, August 6 and 7. The Remembrance Day Contest Manager, Alan Shannon, BK4SN, reports that by now the certificates for the top three section winners have been sent to the lucky winners. The WIA prints and sends out the handsome paper certificates printed on special parchment paper for the first, second, and third place getters of each section. These certificates would have been a good surprise in many now-adorned shacks prior to the release of the actual participant rankings. A full list of participants and their placings is now available for download on the RD page of the WIA website. As is tradition, November Amateur Radio Magazine will announce the overall winning state, along with a few words from Alan Shannon, BK4SN, the RD contest manager. Once the edition of amateur radio is released, a 16-page report that also contains statistics, records, soapbox, comments and pictures will also be available as a WIA website download. Special Event Stations, DX Beacon, Repeater and NetAdvice GB0RWC Celebrates Rugby World Cup Worked Tour Britain is commemorating the Rugby World Cup 2015 with a period of activity until the 31st of October. GB0RWC is being used by the nine radio clubs taking part. QSL cards for gb 0 RWC is available from eQSL. N7QT and N7BX will operate from Anahigi Island, OC014, in the North Cork Islands until the 27th of October. The call sign will be E51MQT and activity will be on all bands from 160 to 10 metres. QSLs go via N7BX. Ulrich DL2AH will be on the air as NH0-DL2AH stroke from Rotor Island, OC086 in the Mariana Islands until the 16th of October. QSL is the DL2AH. Be listening for Andrea, K7A, who will be active from Morocco beginning October 20 through to the 27th, operating as CN2BGB. He will be on single sideband between 160 and 10 metres. QSL via UA6GG. A group of seven operators from Poland have activated S79SP from Maha Island. AF024 in the Seychelles until the 18th of October. They will be on all bands from 160 to 6 metres on SSB, CW and Ritty. QSL manager is SP6FXY. Willie, DJ7RJ is signing as 3B8-DJ7RJ Stroke from Mauritius, AF049, to the 30th of October. Willie will be active on all bands, SSB and CW, and in particular on 160 metres. Awards IAIU 90 Award To celebrate the 90th anniversary of the International Amateur Radio Union, the IAIU, founding in 1925, a very nice IAIU award is being issued this year. Administered by Soyuz Radio Lubit Eli Rossi, SRR, the Russian Amateur Radio Union, on behalf of the IAIU, the diplomas procures for Kyrgyzstan call signs ending with 90 IAIU by 10 different IARU member societies. Valid contacts January 1 to December 31 can be confirmed online, and so are the rules. The URLs are in the text edition of this broadcast. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham.
1: Media Watch and a look at a couple of magazines, RSL Newsletters and Amateur Radio, and Hackaday Magazine. A closer relationship has developed between some RSL sub-branches and the activity of amateur radio. A number of favourable items have been printed in local RSL newsletters, these about ANZAC 100 events marking the centenary of Gallipoli and the Remembrance Day contest, both organised by the Wireless Institute of Australia. The RSL newsletters and newspapers, TV and radio, are great ways to publicise what radio amateurs do and how to be involved in our diverse activity. A story on the exploits by Andy, VK3YT, with his Pico Party-type foil balloons has just been reported by Hackaday magazine. It looks at Andy, VK3YT's balloons, fitted with GPS. It shows the path taken by PS46 in July from Australia and around the Southern Hemisphere more than
6: twice. Hackaday describes going twice
1: around the world as
6: incredible. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's worldwide special interest group news, beginning at Digital. Here's a call-out to all stations currently playing with the Yaesu Fusion around the world. Art VK4GO has set up a Yaesu Fusion Wires X system, analogue digital, C4FM station. The station's located at Art's home QTH in Atherton, far north Queensland, on 438.975MHz simplex. To access Art's station via nodes, all the details are in this week's text edition, best read at the weekly broadcast page on WAA.org.au. If you want to pick Art's brain about Yesu Fusion, then drop him an email. Quick reminder, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Females in Radio. KVK3FKDW, in a note to the Alara members, reminds the ladies constitutional voting is due immediately if voting by mail, but the Monday Net on November 2nd will operate on both 80 metres and Echo Link for voting purposes only. At least 70% of membership has to vote to enable constitution change. Now to Pigs in Space. In his blog about the UK's National Hamfest, Dave M0TAZ says, The highlight for me was the launch of Pinky. On Saturday, September 26th, Andrew Garrett, M0NRD, launched a high-altitude balloon from the Hamfest. It carried one of his pigs, Pinky, and reached an altitude of almost 26 kilometres. During the flight, slow-scan digital video, SSDV images, were transmitted on 434 MHz, showing Pinky Pig and the view from the balloon. The pictures could be received across most of the British Isles, as well as northern France, Belgium and the Netherlands. Now, worldwide special interest groups, radio scouting. JOTA 2015, a big affair. Throughout the world, on the weekend of October 16-18, through 18, the annual Jamboree on the Air sees scouts and girl guides take to the air via amateur radio. It involved more than a million youngsters in 157 countries last year, and the event organisers expect increased figures this time. The youngsters will make friends, exchange stories, and those making international contacts may just experience a different culture. JODA also gives an awareness that the movements to which they belong are worldwide. Events are to be held throughout Australia, with many scouts and girl guides looking forward to them. One such JODA event is the 9th Caulfield Scout Hall in Rickard Avenue, Murrumbina, in south-east suburban Melbourne Cub Scout Commissioner for the Melbourne Region, Murray Taylor, VK3MJT, is planning radio direction finding, emergency communications and the working of DX stations and is inviting radio amateurs to help. Contact details are in the text edition of this broadcast. In VK7, NTARC's Joda affair will take place at their club rooms and the surrounding grounds over the Joda weekend on the 17th and 18th of October. Jota Coordinator, VK7KPC, reports substantial interest from scouts and guides this year as we go to air. The 4th Launceston Scouts are doing two sessions, Carrick Guides, Bridport Guides, Exeter Guides and the Cormiston-Tassie Devil Guides, all booked in for the Saturday. And on Sunday they'll see participation by the Evandale Scouts, the Summerhill Cubs and Scouts, and two sessions each by the Cataract Guides and the 4th Launceston Cubs. And there's still a week to go. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Solar disruptions as emergency communication training exercise. A major coronal mass ejection from the sun hurling huge explosions of gas, plasma and electromagnetic radiation are a threat to the digital age. These cause geomagnetic storms and in extreme cases can disrupt communications, satellites and power generation infrastructure. The CME impact scenario next month will be run by U.S. Military Auxiliary Radio System, Mars, teaming up with Amateur Radio Emergency Services, ARIES, and the Radio Amateur Civil Emergency Services, RACES. Army Mars Program Manager Paul English, WD8DBY, said the exercise on November 8th through 10th will simulate a three-hour radio blackout as well as infrastructure damage. The essential training aims to raise awareness of the CME phenomenon, the forecast lead time, and precautions radio operators can take to protect their equipment. Now to special interest groups, VHF and above. New VK2 76 gig record. VK2 record for 76 gigahertz between VK2DAG to VK2CU on the 26th of September 2015 at a distance of 39.7 kilometers. Congratulations to Matt and Justin. The list of current records and a list of all Australian VHF/UHF records since 1947 are available for download on the WIA website. That's all I have this week. I'm Brian VK3GR. Well, we've sort of reached the end of WIA national news before
1: I even realised it had started. So very quickly on the social scene for the next month, October 22 to 25 in VK4 Knowles Nutty Campers Puna Palms Caravan Park. October 25 in VK3, Ballarat Amateur Radio Group's Hamvention at the Greyhound Track. November 14 in VK4, Gold Coast Hamfest at Broadbeach. November 14 in VK3, QRP by the Bay. Details from Peter, VK3YE. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB.